my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Nama here, Tefano, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where we are previewing the All Blacks' last encounter for 2021. More over to my guest. Uh, he's the last one for the year, the brother Josh Rippon. First of all, man, thank you very much for taking out some time to help me out this week. And I know we just had a quick chat off here, the fact that you managed to get out of Auckland uh, the last four months and avoid all the chaos or the, the locking down up there. So, yeah, grateful for your time and looking forward to the show. Thanks for having me. All Blacks coming off a pretty rough weekend in their last outing, uh, going down to the Irish 29-20. I haven't been as sold on the team as maybe what a lot of other All Black fans have been. I thought that the tests that they had leading into this Northern Hemisphere tour were pretty soft. Even when they played the Springboks, you know, that was built up to be these two blockbuster clashes. And I thought they underdelivered um, not only from a spectacle, but even from a tactical point of view. I don't think either team played very well. But what have you made of the All Blacks in 2021? And what did you make of last weekend? Yeah, good question. I think it's quite hard to gauge sort of where the All Blacks are at, especially when you sort of start off the year playing Tonga and Fiji, who are, who are obviously minnows in, in their own right. I think they put out... Um, sort of the best teams that they could field considering COVID. Um, and it was a really good opportunity for the All Blacks to blood a lot of young players and, and bring them through. But I think we performed overall pretty well against the Australians and the Springboks. I think in that second test um, versus Springboks, it was close. And that's what you want. You, you ideally want those nail-biting test matches. Um, but I think there is still a little bit of concerns around kind of how we deal with that rush defense, the All Blacks, um, especially that line speed. I, I think sometimes things lack, we lack a little bit of composure. And, and really, I think that comes down to probably speed of pass um, from the breakdown, especially that puts us on the back foot a lot, um, which was sort of what I saw in that Irish game is that we really didn't have front football. Um, and I, a lot of that is on the halfback, but it's also on the forwards. I don't think we were winning those collisions, especially at the breakdown. Um, and cleaning, which meant that a lot of pressure was put on the halfback and, and subsequently um, pressure goes on the first five in the back line um, and you end up shoveling re really average ball out to the back. So I think I think overall there, there is a few things to work on, but again, it, you're really picking at holes in the sense that this is a great team. It is a very competitive um, standard of rugby going around, especially in the Northern Hemisphere at, the, at this sort of um, time of the season as well. I think the All Blacks have been on tour for 12, 14 weeks, so you expect them to be a little tired. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of execution, we probably just weren't clinical enough um, and made a lot of errors last weekend, which was which resulted in a loss ultimately. I think the most telling thing is the way that the All Blacks have lost. So if you point to a lot of the close games they've had since, you know, even the back end of that Hanson era, um, like you said, the All Blacks' inability to deal with line speed, even the the territorial part of the game, you know, the teams that like to kick the ball away have done so with great effect. But I think the the flip side. Well, from the result we saw on the weekend was the fact that the Irish held onto the ball for long periods and starved the All Blacks of the ball. And whenever the All Blacks had the ball given back to them, I mean, their kicking was atrocious. None of it was contestable. And then I think off a lot of like first, second phase ball, the All Blacks just kept turning the ball over. And like you said, it's not easy for a backline to try and get forward momentum when their forwards aren't giving them a platform. But I think the backs have to take a little bit of onus on themselves for not trying to do too much and not trying to force stuff when it's not quite going their way, uh, which leads me to my first question for you regarding this weekend. Now, Antoinette Brown's out. 
which means that we're going to see another midfield combination. And you'd think that Havili gets the first shot at 12, but he hasn't been playing that well as of late. And then even at centre, Riku Iwani, I like him there. I think he's got a lot of potential there, but he just hasn't played the same as when he's played on the wing. So do you think that Ian Foster rolls out a Havili and Iwani combination, or do we see Quincy Pye coming in? Is Braden Enor going to be a surprise outing? What are you thinking? Yeah, I like Quinta Pye. I think Quinn offers a lot of dynamic uh, sort of aspects in it that you look for in a 12 in terms of a really strong ball carrier. I think he's young and he's abrasive. Um, and I would like to see him come out at 12 this weekend. I think him and uh, him and Rico are going to partner in the midfield. I think Rico offers a lot at 13. Um, granted, he probably didn't have his best game last weekend, but I think he has that turn of speed to create something out of mm. nothing. Um, especially with Quinn taking a lot of pressure off that crash ball. I think Rico runs really nice lines at 13. So I think realistically, I, I think they probably need to give Harvelli a rest. He's had a massive season. Um, and, and I think a lot of pressure has been put on him, especially if the back line isn't um, getting front foot ball. He's catching a lot of the sport, a lot of flat ball or just on the game line. So he's getting hit really hard, um, which is ultimately, you know, making it look like he isn't performing up, up to his standards. But I th still think he's had a really good season. But I think realistically, they're probably going to roll out Quinn uh, and Rico um, and, and the centers. Well, it's just not, it's not Havili's game. Like if you look at the no. way that he's deployed um, with the Crusaders, uh, Lester Fanganuku does a lot of their crash ball and they do it. I mean, like they've got a Rolls-Royce Ford pack in comparison to the rest of the competitions that makes things easier, but he's more of a silkier sort of second five, sort of ball playing second five, but they're asking him to be what, would essentially look like a role that's best suited for someone like a Nani Lamapi, who they let go or lowballed, um, which now sees him in France. Wouldn't be surprised if he's on the sideline this weekend. Probably he's probably he's probably in the corporate box, mate, considering that's the team that he plays for. But yeah, the the midfield's just it's a really interesting space because you know you had to reward Havili for the way that he played this season, but he was forced to go there primarily because of Jack Goodhue being out and Braden Enor missed the first part of the season as well so I think for me moving into next year and even like I've repeatedly said it we're only 18 months away from a world cup and yes that is a long time and a lot can happen but I don't know I feel like the All Blacks need to get their combinations sorted because we're still chopping and changing I mean you only have to look one position inside to Bowden Barrett and Richie Mwanga both two world-class players but for me I think Ian Foster needs to just be like now nah, this guy's my guy and then you give him the reins even if he goes through some, you know, some rough patches, because I feel like if, if we're still, if we're still trying to make up our mind as to who our best team is going into the year of the world cup, that can't be a good thing. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I feel like Foster is doing well in the sense that he's picking on form um, rather than picking on reputation per se. So for example, Bodhi was, has been handed the keys for the last five games uh, and he's performed exceptionally well. And he's obviously been able to drive that team around the, around the paddock. Um, unfortunately, took a head knock. Moanga came on and probably didn't um, drive the team as well as we would have liked with the Irish. Granted, he was on the back foot mm. um, and a lot of ball behind the game line. But I think it is a competitive space, right? So I think that the best man for the job on the week will get it. Um, and they're ultimately both pushing, pushing each other. But having that consistency is probably something that we need to look towards with you know, 12 months out from a World Cup. I think, obviously, the, the hot topics of debate are obviously the loose forwards and the midfield. Um, that's probably where, where it's the most contentious as, as well as first five. So it'd be nice to see them solidify combinations going into next year. I, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic in the midfield with Roger Tuivasa-Shek coming into things yeah. um, and, and what they're thinking is there. I, I would like to see Roger at 12 and Anton at 13. 
but uh, that's from a punter's point of view. So it'd be interesting to kind of see where their um, where their mindset's going leading into next year. Yeah, I was really um, taken back actually when I heard that Roger was looking to play twelve because I mean I mean he's got he's got the talent to play there, but I just thought out of all the places in a backline, you know, playing in the midfield, I think people um, underestimate how difficult things can be, especially from a defensive point of view. Maybe not so much the attack. Um, yeah. and he's, he's probably got the hand pass as well. It's incredibly hard to start in the midfield, I think, especially coming from league. I was surprised. I would have thought that they'd start him on the wing. Same. Get up to speed with the game, the breakdown, the more, and then you bring him in. Um, but again, defending in that 12-13 channel is incredibly hard because you've got a lot of traffic coming at you. But if anyone can do it, it's obviously him, and his skills are extremely transferable. And I think no one's really pinned down that 12 jersey per se, especially at that All Blacks level. Um, so I think there's a real unique opportunity for him to have a really strong preseason and, and super rugby season and kind of build into that nicely. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's doing one-on-one sessions with the likes of Dan Carter and Tana Umanga on a daily or on a weekly basis. So if, <laughs> if those guys can't get him up to speed, I don't think anybody in New Zealand can. Um, some of the other positions that I was curious to pick your brain about, I know you just mentioned the loose forwards. Who are you wanting to play um, at six and seven this weekend and even long-term and then, Halfback's another one. You got a guy that's flown halfway across the world for one game, and if he's the difference on the weekend, like that flight and MIQ spot was well worth it. But in a way, I feel like if they do pick Smith there, it's almost a sign of desperation. Now, I, I want the All Blacks to win, but what does that say to Pedernada and Christie, who have been on tour, you know, just busting their guts week in week out, and then Aaron flies halfway across the world, hasn't played rugby in a month, and he's the one trusted to do the job yeah i think the loose forward is a very contentious issue i think this week they'll start akira yuani at six i think ethan blackhead is probably due for a rest he's had an unbelievable season a breakout season per se but he did look tired in that irish game as to mm. be expected we got out muscled and beaten to the punch a little bit so i think they will give akira a run i see sam kane starting at seven this week i think they'll probably give him um get some get some meters in his legs and then probably Artie at eight again and, and luke jacobson on the bench again i think there is options there you've obviously got hoskins Satutu who hasn't had a lot of game time um luke jacobson as as well as ethan blackadder um but yeah i really think that's probably going to be the combination of akira uh sam kane and Artie. It'll be interesting to see if they go for that. Let's see. I think in terms of halfback, I wouldn't be surprised if they started um, Aaron Smith, but I think maybe Brad Weather might get the nod with Aaron Smith on the bench. It'll be interesting. I think Perinara and Finlay Christie are, are probably going to miss out of the uh, match day 23 this week. I mean, I'll, if you want the All Blacks to win, like, I've got no problem with them starting Smith. It's just more like I just mentioned what that would do to the other players. And yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd actually ruled Weber out. I didn't realise how quickly he, he'd gotten over his broken nose. Um, I only read about it on the weekend. So yeah, I mean, like that, that would be a just reward for him. And just, just to give those guys those sorts of opportunities, I was really surprised that they didn't sub Pedernada off last weekend. One, because he wasn't playing well. But two, again, like what message does that send to Christie? You know, in a tight game, you know, he's an all black. He's been picked because he's the best of the best. Why Why wouldn't you throw him into the fire? It's like, well, if, if, if you throw him out there, at least that way you can know whether or not he's, he's made for those sorts of moments, but they didn't really give him the opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure his time will come, but that was just, yeah, another one of the areas I was sort of concerned about once the full-time whistle was blown. Uh, but more over to 
the French, uh, their last two outings as part of this autumn series have been against the Argentinians. They won that one 29-20 and last weekend against the Georgians, which they won 41-15. I don't really know what to take away from those games. I didn't watch them um, as intently as I did with the All Blacks. But one of the guys that's been in the news this week is Antoine Dupont, their captain. There's a lot of talk about whether or not he's the best halfback in the world, which is, you know, yeah. Again, another contentious topic considering we've got arguably the greatest nine to ever play the game still playing. Um, but then even outside of him, they've got the young first five, Mashu Jalibert and Romain Intermac at 12. I'm not too familiar with their forwards, but I know that their open side flanker is it Charles Olivion. Like he's, I just know that he was their captain um, when they were in Australia. Uh, but I guess my question for you is, do you think that that loss on the weekend did anything for the French and their psyche heading into this game? Do you think it gave them a little bit more belief? Yeah, I think anytime you see the best team in the world or, or supposedly the best team in the world um, get a defeat under the belt, then I, I think ultimately you think that you you know you can come up against them or it puts you uh, on a level playing field per se. But I think if anything, it's gonna the All Blacks are going to come out fired up. Um, I, I really do. I think in terms of the Fords, that's where they really need a um, lay a stake in the ground per se. I think Dane Coles is going to start and I think the tempo is really going to start with that front row um, and really setting a mark in the ground. Whether they start Whitelock and Retallick, I'm not sure, but I think that type five really needs to front up, especially against a physical, passionate French pack that you know are going to come out firing and, and ultimately it's going to come down to the pack, right? Um, if we can win that break, breakdown battle and really tighten up on and kind of our, our structure and tactical play in terms of the kicking, um, that's where I see the game won and lost. I, I think if we can kind of get the edge or the All Blacks can get the edge early on, I think it will be a close test match, but I see the All Blacks winning. I think the key to the French playing well is obviously as being able to muscle up and really get that line speed, which which teams have uh, executed really well against the All Blacks this year, the Springboks and the Irish. If they can get that line speed going and put the 9-10 under pressure, then I think it could potentially be a long day at the office for the All Blacks. What about when they had the ball in hand? Do you think they'll try and start them of it like the Irish did, or do you think they'll go more the kicking around territory? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think the All Blacks, yeah, I think they will try and start them with the ball. I, I, I honestly do. I think they're going to try and build phases, build pressure. I think they'll take the threes when on offer. Um, and, and I think ultimately that will be the game plan where they just try and starve them with the ball and make them make as many tackles as possible. I, I was reading a stat like something within the last eight years, the All Blacks made more tackles in that game than any other game of international rugby. Um, so obviously you're going to leak a few points if you have to make 230 tackles uh, <laughs> or, what, or what the stat was. So I, I mean, it is easy to, to diminish how many tackles they had to make. It was a pretty impressive feat. Um, that they only had, you know, 28 points or, or whatever that number was put on them. But I think that's the game plan, right? You start them on the ball um, and, and you try and force mistakes. And, and any team under copious amounts of pressure will ultimately probably fold at some point. Yeah, too true, my man. All right, scoreline, what's your prediction? Prediction is I think it'll be 29-16 um, to the All Blacks. So almost two converted tries I think will be in it. Yeah, I've I've gone thirteen plus, and it, yeah, it, it might be weird to say considering that, that they've come off the back of a loss. I know the the French are one of those sides where you just don't know what to expect. They could almost just like come out and then lay down after five minutes, or they could be having us, you know, all black fans on the edge of our seats for seventy nine minutes. Um, and you only have to look back through the course of history um, when these two teams go to war. That that seems to be the case. The All Blacks either run away with it or the French end up pipping us. 
Uh, or, make, or making it feel like a long, long game to watch. But yeah, I'd probably go similar score lines to you, bro. I'm going to go the 30s. Um, and I got the, the French scoring a couple of tries. But yeah, I, I hope that we see a more accurate display from the All Blacks because that was probably one of the more frustrating things outside of them having to make a shitload of tackles, which was very impressive. You know, as a rugby purist, I was, I was amazed at how they were able to withstand just that onslaught from the Irish, especially in that first half, and to hold them out right on the hooter. But yeah, just the, their accuracy and handling was just so poor. And I guess that's probably been like the one of the key frustrations for me. It's like when, when plan A hasn't worked for the All Blacks, their inability to pivot and their tendency to try and then force things rather than, you know, just be patient, you know, try and build phases. I mean, I know a lot of the game is dominated by kicking, a lot of the box kicking that we're seeing these days between the, the two 10-meter lines. It's almost like, fuck, if you're not getting any front football, all right, we'll hoof it up and try win the ball back or force the opposition into a mistake. But um, I know that the All Blacks try to play the game with you know a little bit more flair than what most sides do. And yeah, hopefully it comes off this weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I, I feel like they're going to come out firing as they always do after a loss. They, they I think they have a, a really strong look in the mirror and say, where, where do we need to improve? And Ultimately, I think it, it comes down to the forwards really muscling up. And, and to your point, is really that tactical kicking game and making sure that we really build phases, execute, um, and, and really finish the season on a high because people only remember the last game of the season. Exactly, bro. Well, there you have it. If any of the All Blacks are listening to this, you know what to do come Sunday. But um, from now until then, Josh, stay safe. Thanks again for your time tonight. And I look forward to catching up with you again after the game, hopefully celebrating another All Blacks win. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Kingy. Laters.